Welcome to the Soundtrap Education Summit, a free online event dedicated to empowering and amplifying student voice with the theme. Actually, I'm going to stop real quick. Um, somebody, can we uh, turn the volume down on our speakers just a little bit? Okay, very good. I'm going to do that one more time. Here we go. Welcome to the Soundtrap Education Summit, a free online event dedicated to empowering and amplifying student voice with the theme, Their Voice, Their World. We're bringing you inspiring and practical messages from musicians, educators, podcasts, students, and more that can help you make change in your classroom right away. I'm Matt Miller, author of Ditch That Textbook and the moderator of the summit. Our sponsor and host of the summit is Soundtrap, a collaborative and creative audio editing platform. Soundtrap for Education empowers students and teachers to explore creative sound recording in all subjects, for all ages, and all ability levels. And you can sign up for their free online course to learn how to bring music and podcasting to your classroom at academy.soundtrap.com. And in today's video, we are going to talk all about the arts in a place that we used to not really think about the arts. And that is in the STEAM fields, you know, bringing the arts into science, technology, engineering, and math. And the thing that I'm thrilled about with all of this is that we've got two folks who are very well versed in this, who have lots of experience in a lot of different realms. And so they're going to be bringing us some of those uh, practical ideas and kind of helping us to think about how might how STEAM might fit in into our lives. And so today we've got Janine Flores and Tim Needles. So thank you so much to the both of you for joining us. And let's do some quick introductions. Um, I'm going to kick it over here to Janine first. So uh, Janine, do you want to tell us just real quick a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Janine Flores. I am the Arts and STEAM Coordinator at the Los Angeles County Office of Education. And I am also the Chair-Elect uh, for Create California, which is an organization looking to have arts education for all students in the state of California. It's great to be here today, Matt. Awesome. And we're so thrilled that you got to join. This is fantastic. So, all right, down below me, I feel like I'm having a Brady Bunch moment here, kind of like pointing around like this. Uh, Tim Needles, good to see you. Can you give us a quick introduction? Sure, sure. Um, so I'm a high school art teacher in Long Island, New York, uh, in Smithtown. And I'm also author of the book uh, Steam Power um, from ISTE. And I'm also ISTE PLN president uh, for the Arts and Technology Network. And uh, I'm uh, in the PLN for STEM as well. So I also work with Adobe and um, National Geographic and lots of other educational organizations whenever I can. Awesome. Very good. By the way, Steam Power, I have a copy of that, I think, right over there in my office. If I was thinking, oh, and look, Janine's got hers. Nice. Very good. Oh, there you go. and it's got sticky notes in it. Yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> there you go. It's great. Yeah. It's a great book. So accessible. And uh, the implementation of arts and the steam is just superb. So thank awesome. you for writing that. Yes. Yes. So thanks so um, much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let's kind of let's kind of zoom in on that for just a second, because um, you know, with science, technology, engineering, and math, you know, a lot of people look at it, and you know, for the longest time, I think they haven't thought about where the A fits into all of that. You know, and thinking about it as STEAM. And so, um, 
you know, we've seen such an emphasis in those fields and, you know, schools and the government and industry and everyone has really been pushing for um, education in those fields. And so I was, just wanted to, to start this off with a quick discussion about why you think STEAM is so important right now, just, you know, just in, in your own words. So Janine, do you want to take that one first? Sure, sure. Um, I think the A in STEAM really brings about the creativity and then science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, I think the arts just bring that uh, collaborative mindset to it and problem solving that some of the other subjects might not inherently do. I, I just as musicians and theater folks and visual artists, we, we have a tendency to think in different ways and express ourselves in different ways. And sometimes if you're doing a, a problem, you, you need to come about it in different angles. So I think that arts is what, that's what it really brings about. It's not just bringing the, an aesthetic quality to it. But I'm really curious to know what Tim thinks about it since he's like the guru of uh, STEAM. Yeah, me too. Tim, you want to take that one? Sure. Um, yeah, no, I would totally agree with what you said, uh, Janine. Um, I think, you know, creativity is the most obvious uh, reason that these things pair so well. Um, and, and really, you know, people don't totally understand creativity all the time. You know, it's, you know, artists naturally are going to bring a different perspective because we're, we're used to that. That's part of our process. Um, and I think it's, you know, when I, when I was uh, looking at the scientific process versus the creative process that artists do, it's really, really similar. Um, but we, we approach it from very different angles. So, you know, you know, especially with emerging technologies and some of the um, the big problems that we try to solve with STEAM, um, it's really important to have different perspective and, and different voices um, because that's really going to uh, lend so much more to problem solving. And, and that's, you know, it's about um, problem solving ultimately because, uh, you know, it's interdisciplinary learning and, you know, schools are very... Uh, subject orientated, but, you know, historically, you know, in the Renaissance, Leonardo da Vinci did, did all of these things uh, with mastery. So, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a very old um, idea um, that that's gained new uh, appreciation today, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought up the, the Renaissance too, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of one place where my, where my mind goes on all of this to, to bring everything together. And, um, Jeannie and I thought that you made a really important point there. You said, um, you know, the A in STEAM isn't just about an aesthetic quality. It's not just like prettying up science and technology and engineering and math. It's like, you know, it's an actual integral part of that. And I was hoping um, that maybe the both of you could kind of help us put our fingers on that just a little bit. Like, how does it go when it's done well, when it's done right, when it's most effective? How does it go beyond just you know, STEM with crayons? Like how, how does it go beyond to, you know, actually become a, an integral part of the process? Tim, what do you think? So, um, you know, like a, a, an example would be like, we, we recently um, did a project uh, with science classes and math students. Um, and, you know, the art students need to learn the science and the math. Uh, and it was really fun to help the art students teach you know, the science and math students um, about uh, creativity and the arts and our process. So I think um, one of the things when it's done right 
is that you know each one of these disciplines is respected and i think that uh you know when you value the importance of of each one of these disciplines and they really work together seamlessly i mean that that's what you aim for so you know we were doing a, a number of projects and they just kept blossoming into new ones because students were really enjoying the learning and i mean you know when you're learning and having fun it makes a really big difference and uh you know when you're dealing with authentic situations like you know when you're trying to solve a problem that's in the community or in the school or even larger problems that are that are global you know real world problems you know steam is usually the answer to at least uh the way you start approaching it it's about asking the right questions and having creative perspective mm -hmm. yeah absolutely janine what would you add to that um thank you for that tim i was just thinking about um, I usually have these sentence frames up in the classrooms for English language learners, you know, and one thing I always had was, how has this project changed over time, right? And so I think the arts also brings that process vision to STEAM and that it's okay to fail and actually we learn more with those failures sometimes than if it was successful. Um, some of the other subject areas have a tendency to, there's only one right way to solve a problem in the arts, as we know, you like, you didn't know if I colored uh, this with two different colored paints that would be so beautiful or this texture would work or um, that this, I, I created this melody by improvising on this mode or this scale. So I think the arts just really bring in that uh, problem solving access and that creative out of the box thinking. Yeah, yeah. Tim, does that sort of resonate with you? What I pointed the wrong way. Well, with what Janine was saying. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's, that's a terrific point. Because, like you know, artists, the, the, a great art class might have every student doing the same project totally differently, and mm -hmm. that, that's not commonplace in some of these other disciplines. Um, and art students, you know, I really promote students uh, being individual and authentic to themselves and finding their own creative vision. So like that's something that we teach in the arts um, where we're oftentimes in these other disciplines, you know, what Janine said is totally accurate where there's there's one way to solve a problem. And, you know, in, in math, that might be true uh, when you're first learning, but in higher level math, certainly that's not true. There's lots of different ways and, you know, math becomes an art uh, when you lift it to the highest level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. so. Now that we've now that we've touched on this a little bit, we've kind of talked broadly about STEAM for just a little bit. Um, I wondered if we could maybe take it down into the classroom for just a little while. Like, what are some good practices? What are some good examples of what it might look like? I know that many times for me in my own classroom, if I had a good example that I could emulate or that I could kind of reverse engineer to figure out why it works, mm -hmm. um, then I would be able to apply some of those principles. And so I was hoping that maybe, um, you know, maybe we could go that route and just see, you know, what good STEAM implementation might look like in any sort of class, or maybe we can even talk about how it looks in different classes. So um, happy to turn that over to either of you if you've got something to, to share. Yeah, I'm ready. I read this in this book here that, you know, maybe maybe you talk to your colleague that teaches the art subject. Uh, if you have a lesson seed or a lesson idea, uh, there's a lot of parallels within um, the curriculum in science, math, English, music, theater, dance, and uh, or even just doing a, 
a keyword search through the standards. I know in California, we can do that. We can look up creativity, for example, and we can see where that comes up in all of the subject areas or collaboration or whatever the theme is. Maybe it's um, storyline, plot, theme. These are all wonderful ways to integrate. And maybe that's that first step. Maybe you do it, sorry about shaking the camera there. Uh, maybe it's a collaborative proje project first with another teacher. Or maybe you're just taking your subject area that you know really well, like math, and then you're just adding one element into it. Maybe it's music. So that's arts integration, right? So maybe that turns into a project and then we can build it out into a more steamy classroom activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Tim? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I think one of the things that as a, an arts teacher you get very comfortable with is, you know, it's going to look different in the classroom all the time. <laughs> Nothing, you know, like you, you don't, we, we often, uh, I, I cater the, the project to the students and to what their interests are and um, to the problems that are at hand. So um, I think that, yeah, sometimes you're going to work with one other class and something specific. Um, but I think it's important to really, um, uh, one of the things that's fun as, a, as an art teacher is I'll, I'll go to colleagues in the building and, and in the, you know, in the district. And I'll say, like, bring me any anything that you want to teach, like any, any uh, lesson that you might uh, want to lend art to. And I'll find a way to actually integrate art into it. And then you kind of blossom and say like, well, this is interesting. You know, how can we lift this to another level? And, you know, I, I find that the more collaboration you're doing, uh, the more learning that everyone has. Um, and, you know, the best learning for me is where you don't actually know the direction it's going to go in. So like, you know, we recently did a project with National Geographic where we started out painting a mural and then it led to smaller murals uh, over the storm drains and it, and it went to a beach cleanup and we just continue blossoming. So, you know, it, it's always interesting. Um, and you know, the experience is authentic and memorable and the learning is going to last when you don't exactly know what's going to happen. And mm -hmm. as our teachers, we're, we're comfortable with that, but not every discipline is always so comfortable with that. So that's one of the things that we uh, often aid other teachers with. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, that even makes me think back into um, when I was teaching high school Spanish, some of my favorite days were the ones where there was some uncertainty because I mean, you know, if you've taught the same thing for years and years and years, you can pretty much do the same thing every single day if you want to. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things to do in um, the Spanish classroom was to help students get repetitions on new Oh no! Off the fly, you know. Yeah, it was it was so much fun, and we would make the the students the stars of the story. So they got to be the characters in it, and you know they got to be like a secret agent on mission trying to save the world, or you know something like that. And um, I would always, as best as I could, ask them what happens next, and so that gave them an opportunity to practice. But I had no idea where it was going, and I'll be <laughs> honest, some days it bombed because the kids were, maybe the kids were tired. Maybe the story wasn't set up real well. And on those days, if a story was going to happen, I was going to have to put it on my back and carry it the whole time, you know? But then other days, kids were just like firing off funny things and they were building off of each other and it just continued to drive forward. But that never would have happened if we all weren't willing to sit in a room with a little bit of uncertainty. 
you know, getting together and going, we don't know what this is going to look like, but we're okay with that. And let's just see it out to the end and see how it goes. And sometimes there are wonderful, amazing, fantastic, uh, you know, endings that come out of that beginning, right? That's yeah. so true. Yeah. You're talking about like, you know, um, really failure because it's like, you know, as a teacher, one of the things you really need to learn if you're going to be great, you need to fail. <laughs> and it's like, it's not comfortable. And it's, you know, it's one of those lessons you learn early that like, it's okay to fail. Like you're not going to nail every lesson out of the park. Um, and you know, it's, it's really an important part of the process because if you want to elevate what you're doing, you know, you need to push the envelope and take those creative risks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And to build on that, Tim, I think uh, teachers need to be aware they don't have to be the sage on the stage, right? They don't need to know the answer to everything. And they need to be comfortable being a facilitator rather than the um, holder of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, Tim, I wanted to come back to you for just a moment. Um, I was hoping maybe we could like go into your classroom for just a second. Could you share with us an example of, you know, a memorable lesson or day of class or activity or something where you felt like the the whole STEM integration was working really well? Sure. Um, I mean, uh, luckily, um, you know, once you uh, have one or two uh, successful STEM lessons um, and then you're integrating the arts well, um, I think that um, you you have more buy-in from students. So, I mean, it, you know, it's something that builds over time, especially over the course of a year. Um, so oftentimes I like to start the year with a challenge where I'll say, you know, I want to create an app. I have no idea how to do that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it sounds like a fun thing to do. And, I, you know, I saw a seven-year-old that could do it on a TED Talk. So let's figure out how to do this together. Um, and, you know, I'll take the leap with the students and it's real collaborative learning. And, you know, when you uh, really take choice to that level, that, you know, you're you're working with them as a, a fellow learner in the classroom, you're able to make kind of magical things happen. So like, you know, that 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 year uh, that I kind of posed that, you know, by the end of the year, sure enough, we learned how to make an app and we made a game that took some of the material in one of my other classes, my, my fine arts class, and uh, my digital arts students, you know, made a, a game to actually teach some of the material. So like when you're integrating, your own work into what you're doing in, in that kind of way. And, you know, I had to work with uh, engineering people in colleges and uh, the science students and, and you know, math people for, for some of the coding. You know, that's, that's project-based and it's authentic and it's fun at the end of it when you have a game that you're playing that's actually teaching. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Now, can we kind of, remember I was saying earlier, I always like examples where I can kind of reverse engineer them and figure out what worked. So um, mm -hmm. can we kind of pin that one down, that whole like, let's create an app idea, which by the way, I've tried to do like this much and have had very little success in. So I'm very curious about this. Um, and maybe we can just kind of look at it and see, you know, what was it that you liked about it? How did it integrate the arts? Where were, you know, science, technology, engineering, math, where, where, you know, where was all of that stuff in it and how did it, how did it work well in that one in particular? I, I think for that one, it was easy. So like the, the arts was really ever present because we were literally taking material from one of my arts classes and that was the basis for the game. Um, and then, you know, the nice thing is like, you know, a lot of my art students tend to be math phobic, which I, you know, it's just mm -hmm. part of the, what, what often happens because, you know, they're, they're often, um, 
it's it's a fear that you know maybe you have a bad association and you don't think you could do it but it's it's a growth mindset issue so you know when we were using we know we need to learn how to code first uh so we start with just code.org and very simple coding steps and then you know we needed help at some point so after we sort of learned how to code and how to put that together we need to know you know you want to find shortcuts um, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So I went to the local university uh, for help and, you know, they had a, a steam lab that actually uh, had people uh, that were willing to help us. Uh, and then we reached out to the classes and I thought like, well, this is a really good chance for a terrific steam projects. So I reached out to science and math teachers uh, in my own school um, to just partner together. And, you know, uh, when you have math students, you know, helping the art students and like even coding, itself is sort of like an interesting um, activity because there's an art to it and you know there's a clear math side to it as well um, so you know it really did use all of the subjects in a way that i don't think that anyone was even totally aware of when it was happening so that's always nice when you know you're learning and you know you, we need to learn how to do this you know we want to make this part of a game so we would look at fun games um, and you know how do you make a spinning wheel and then, you know, you have to reverse engineer everything you're looking for. So it it kind of is um, it's nice because the students were such a big part of it. And we beta tested it and we gave it to other students to try the game. Um, and then you're looking at the data and the results. And, you know, that's a, just the whole process from starting something that you have no idea what you're doing and you're not sure you could do it to by the end of the year, you have a finished product that is exactly what you were looking for. That, that's uh, an incredible learning experience. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That one's cool. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I love how you kind of picked through all of that, all the different pieces of it, how they all kind of layered together. I mean, you're exactly right. You know, when you're looking at the, the data and the results, everything, there's the math, you've got the coding, you're trying to figure out the coding side of it and like using code.org. Um, you know, there's art in it by, you know, designing the visuals and all of that. I love the collaborative piece of all mm -hmm. of it too. And I mean, that just fit together really nicely. That was a great example. Um, and Janine, um, I was wondering if you had kind of like a favorite STEAM lesson or project or something like that. Maybe you could kind of reverse engineer it in a, in a similar way. Mm, a favorite one. I, I like when the students are identifying the community-based problem that they oh. want to accomplish, right? Even if it's in elementary school and, you know, they, they need better like uh, locks for the bike rack or something. Um, if it's student driven, there's that buy-in behind it. And then if it supports the community, it they can have more resources because maybe they're gonna go to the library. And uh, when I walk into the classroom and they're working on their STEAM project and I see kids in groups, they're each assigned a different task to the project or, uh, maybe they're all working on the same project, but they're coming up with different prototypes. Uh, they're, they're all engaged, they're all talking. And that's what learning looks like to me in the classroom, right? The kids are talking, it's noisy, it's a little bit messy and messy is okay. Messy is learning. So um, I think if the kids develop that seed and I, I know teachers are hesitant to use that time to come up with a concept, but you know, it may be one day of instruction that you lose from that, but it, it, it sets the course, right? So anything that's student driven from the onset is, has been the most successful that I've seen. I love those. Yeah. yeah. 
I love that. That's that's awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you both this because I know that um, you know. Th- with this being the Soundtrap Education Summit, I know that there are going to be music educators in the audience. And so, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And of course, that's one of those, you know, many disciplines within the arts. And so knowing that they're there, what kind of advice or suggestions or ideas would you give them if they're watching this and they're thinking, I like the idea of STEAM. I like the idea of doing my part within it but I'm not totally sure what my part within it is or what I can do or how I can even get started. You know, like any of that stuff, do you have any advice for them when it comes to that? And uh, Janine, maybe I can kick it over to you first. Sure. Yeah, I taught music for 19 years in Orange oh, nice. County, California. Yeah, all the um, band, orchestra, choir, and music theory and technology. So uh, this is uh, my wheelhouse right here. I would have them see themselves as the expert in music on campus. So teachers say, can come up to them and say, hey, I wanna integrate music into the STEAM project or into my English classroom and be someone who's approachable in that way. And also maybe it's, um, let's have a make an instrument challenge for a month and it's open to the whole school and the kids play, uh, play the instruments during lunch or at recess and they're showing it off, or maybe they're making videos right now and posting them up to a flip grid so other people can see their inventions. And that way they're studying the science of sound. Is this an aerophone? Is it a membranophone? You know, how's it making sound? What are the sound waves doing? What's the engineering behind it? What length of uh, string do I need to, uh, and how tight does it have to be for it to make a really good note? So I think um, thinking about engineering type projects within your content area is a great way to go and uh and looking at at soundtrap and you know maybe they're they're recording and just layering the different sounds on it maybe it's a collaborative project there yeah there's so many choices i I, i'm gonna stop there because i can keep going i was gonna (laughs) say i feel like we could do a whole recording of this you just keep listing all of these ideas Almost feel like maybe there's a book. Generating ideas, yes. I'm very I like that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, Tim, how about you? Um, you know, I know that you are. <laughs> we were talking about the Renaissance earlier. I feel like you're very much the Renaissance man, and you know, have yeah. uh, strengths in so many different areas and everything. So, uh, what advice would you have for those music educators that are interested in STEAM but need a little bit of encouragement? Well, thank you. Um, and uh, Janine, I would love to do a make an instrument challenge. That sounds like so much fun. Um, Let's do it. Uh, I, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, it, so I, I'm a musician as well. I should mention that. So, um, oh. so like, I, I believe in music, you know, like uh, I played guitar since I was I don't know, seven or something like that. I knew it, Tim. Um, I knew it. Guitar. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I actually experiment with all of the arts. So, like, I've written plays and I, uh, you know, I do acting and I teach film and I, you know, I, I love the arts, so any kind of creative outlet. And I think ultimately when you get to the core of, of what, you know, where, where the intersection of all of these things are is like storytelling. Um, so I think that that's really the key because like, you know, great songs often tell great stories and, you know, it's, it's a way of communicating. Um, and uh, music is terrific at that. I mean, like it's, it's one of our, our most prevalent media uh, of our age, right? If you look back through history, you know, Renaissance, you think painting, but like, you know, music is one of those things, music and film 
are really some of the dominant media for us. So I think there's so much opportunity there because, uh, you know, when I was looking at the software, I was like, you know, I can't wait to, to create a podcast, like a storytelling podcast and, you know, allow the students to create their own music for it. And, you know, um, there, there's so many possibilities. I think that, um, you know, where I'm most interested um, is where some of these arts intersect, you know, so like, you know, where, where you have fine artists learning how to do music. And a great example of that would be, you know, this year and last year, we've been working with the band OK Go, um, who's uh, terrific. And, you know, their videos are amazing. And then they created a sandbox, uh, OK Go sandbox, that shows some of the science and technology and uh, art behind their videos. Um, so, you know, it's a great example of different ways to kind of merge these things together. So, you know, they were using some of the Google tools to actually make music. Um, with science, which is, you know, like really fun. And, uh, you know, they're showing some of the the, the different math elements that are involved. Um, and, you know, it's one of those places that like Steam is uh, is ever present, but it's, it's so much fun that like you think of the fun aspect before it's like walking into, you know, a great children's museum where it's just like, you can't wait to get your hands dirty and kind of play. And I think like, you know, that's what you want to think of, especially for music is like, um, you know, uh, creativity is often about limitations. So like, you know, what are some ways that you could sort of add a limitation? Um, and, you know, adding other disciplines actually helps that because you're going to have a little bit of a limited knowledge about them. Um, so it, it's going to be a great opportunity for really creative results. And, you know, they might not always be totally successful, but the learning will always be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that process over product thing, right? Like even if it doesn't come out great, there's still a good lesson to be had in it many times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Um, okay. Let's take this another direction too. Uh, since we're still talking about the broader picture of steam, um, the, the big theme around this entire summit is their voice, their world, you know, we're really focused in on student voice, empowering students and their voices, you know, basically so that they can change the world so that, you know, they can express their experiences and their beliefs and their emotions and all of that stuff. And I wondered how, um, I mean, obviously I could see that in the A part of, of steam. There's an awful lot of that too, but I wondered if you, if you both might think about how student voice and steam kind of interact, like what are some ways that students are able to amplify their voices or make their voices heard or <clears throat> have some choice within what they do um, through steam. So um, Tim, let me kick that one down to you first. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I, I try to actually cater, like I, I don't use curriculum, formal curriculum. I mean, I have formal curriculum. I just never access it because I find that like I try to, really work with the students that I'm, I'm teaching and what their interests are and where they're at. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, elevating their voice and, and really giving them that, that aspect of choice is about knowing them and connecting with them on a, on a human level. Um, and those are the things that really, you know, it's, it's your connections uh, that are going to be lasting more than even the knowledge that you give students, you know, because it's like when you teach students to, to teach themselves, that's way more powerful. So I think that um, one of the elements that's uh, really helpful is, um, you know, with a, with some projects, um, I will uh, 
give some students options and then really just pass off to them and like, you know, come in uh, with ideas or questions that you have. And, and, and if you start with questions, it's often uh, going to be more successful because students are going to have a difficult time creating a project themselves. But, you know, it's, it's about uh, promoting curiosity and promoting curiosity is something you can do in any discipline. Right. So mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be art. I mean, like, you know, we are naturally curious in art and we're comfortable with exploring that. But you can do that in any discipline. It's about really, you know, I share some of who I am and what I'm curious about and the process of uh, of kind of finding the answers to those questions. And then you take that question answer process and then try to take on larger, more difficult questions together as a group. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that you mentioned the curiosity factor there and the fact that, and see, I think, Tim, I think you're a, a great example of this, that I think you're just, from what I've known from you and the interactions I've had with you um, and seeing what you post on Twitter, I can just tell that you are a very inherently curious person and that you're willing to try things and you're not scared of failure and all of that. And I've got to believe that that's such an important mindset for students to just to see, first of all, but then also to realize that their teacher has that and that their teacher is willing to try things where things might not go so well, or, hey, I've never tried this before, let's just try it out and, and see how it goes. And um, I've got to think that that's such an important thing to model in a STEAM environment, but really just in any sort of environment. Um, agree, disagree, either of you? Totally agree. I, I would certainly agree. I mean, um, uh, you know, the truth is that I, totally afraid. And I think that's one of the things that's important to share with students. It's like, you know, that fear is there. It's just part of life. And you have to accept fear as, as something that you, you know, understand. And it's like, you accept it. And I'm, I'm, when I'm afraid of something that I know it's the right thing to do often. So, you know, I think that's, you know, artists are particularly good at um, understanding fear and sort of challenging it. Um, so uh, that's a, uh, that's a really helpful thing to understand. So, um, you know, I um, I share some of my own process, you know, because like I'll try things like I always wanted to do stand up comedy, um, you know, but uh, it, I started blacking out before I got on stage the first time. And it's like, you know, but, mm -hmm. you know, I just persevered. And, you know, when you persevere through fear, uh, you learn that it's not that bad. It's just something that you could live with. Um, and, you know, the, the more experience you have with that, uh, the easier it becomes to sort of challenge those things. So, it, you know, I think that it's really helpful, even from the mindfulness angle to help students, you know, navigate fear in that way. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Very good. Um, so a couple of other um, things that I want us to, wanted us to touch on a little bit, um, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit about, we've, we've kind of circled around this a little bit, but I wanted us to touch on a little more explicitly about how um, there are lots of different mediums for expression. Um, you know, uh, Janine, I think when I uh, talked to you at first leading up to this, you were talking about the five disciplines of the arts. And so, I mean, there's that, but then you've got, you know, all different versions here too. There are all sorts of different ways to express. And, um, you know, for me, for instance, uh, I know that I like to sketch note. So sketching and doodling and everything, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm a pretty bad guitar player, but I can, you know, bang out, uh, 
you know, a chord progression, especially if I have my capo. Um, but beyond that, I start to really struggle. So I have those couple of places where I, you know, if I, you know, had to play a real simple song at my church this Sunday or something, I could do it. Um, but going beyond that would be a little bit of a struggle. And, um, yet it's still important to try different mediums of expression, right? And so I was wondering if if you guys would would touch on that because I would think that students would probably regress back to what they're comfortable with, regress back to what they're used to. But I would imagine that that keeps them from unlocking their full potential sometimes. Or is it that sometimes you learn things from trying new different mediums of expression. I don't know. I need to stop talking about this and just hear what you both have to say. Um, Janine, let me kick it to you. What do you, what do you think about that whole mess of a question I just dropped in your lap? Yeah, I think students need to have a growth mindset, but they also need to have a safe environment set up by the teachers to explore. Right. So one of the ways you do that is even when they're learning those first skills, like I was a trained musician and uh, I learned how to play an instrument. I started on the flute. I majored on the trombone, uh, but we never learned improvisation. That wasn't a skill that you learned until you were in jazz band. And by the time I was in high school and all awkward and middle, you know, uh, too intimidated to say, Oh, I can make my own music. No, it's always been written down for me. So, um, what if the kids mastered those first three notes and were given the opportunity? Okay, I want you to make up your own song with those three notes. Okay, now write them down. This is how you write them down. And this is called composition. When you make it up on your out of your head, that's improvisation. So how do we do that in all subject areas? And then if we have access to all five arts disciplines, the fifth arts discipline is media arts, um, and we are exposed to all of them at a young age, then we can have some foundational skills on all of those, right? I'm not going to say I'm a bad dancer. It's I haven't been exposed to dancing in my education. So when I go to dance, I have to give myself some grace and say, you can do this. You're a human being. You can express yourself through movement. It's a very human element. And, you know, having that safe space to do that, whether it's created within you internally or in a classroom, or even at home, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Tim, how about you? As far as that idea of you know exploring different mediums, that's kind of your jam, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think you make some good points. I mean, like, um, uh, you know, getting my life is never very comfortable because it's like you know if you're if you're doing anything interesting, it's out of your comfort zone. Um, so you know, you learn to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, as an artist, and I try to share some of that uh, mindset with students. And, you know, it's so frustrating when you want to do something, you have an idea of something creative that you want to do, and you just don't have the skills to get there. I mean, Ira Glass does an amazing talk that you could find on the internet about that. Um, And, uh, you know, like that frustration is, is what stops a lot of people from progressing. But you know, like, it's amazing. I mean, like, you know, you, you were a foreign language teacher. So, you know, I have an experience of like, you know, I love travel. So, you know, I, you know, I would go to uh, Spain or France and like, I can't speak the language, but, you know, over time you get better and you actually, you know, like I'm doing this, you know, it's working. And like, you know, that's one of the things that's really true in, uh, in the arts as well. And I think it's a great lesson for steam just because it's like, you know, like with the coding example, like we had no idea what we were doing at all. And, 
you make mistakes all over the place and it's frustrating. But by the end of the year, you have something. So it's like, you know, there's not a lot of uh, amazing artists that had really comfortable lives. <laughs> so it's, it's like, you know, you know that you need to sort of get out of that comfort zone and challenge yourself. Yeah. I think that's such a, that's such a good point. Um, is the video you're talking about from Ira Glass, there's one that I've seen that I adore that may be the same one you're talking about. It's the one where he says that whenever you get into some sort of creative work, you usually have better taste than the work that you're able to yeah. do. Is this the one? And that there's a gap. I love this video. He talks about how there's a gap between what you can do and what your taste is. And at first you realize that what you can do is not that good but you know what you want to get to eventually. And so the best way to shore up that gap is just to do the work is just to continually do yeah. the work, produce the work. And eventually it finally starts to narrow the gap down. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. No, I love that. I thought, I remember seeing that and I thought, Oh my goodness, that is like my life, you know, because, um, you know, from writing, you know, I was a journalism major in college, so I've been sort of a writing geek my whole life. And, you know, in my writing, that has definitely been the case in any sort of artistic endeavors that I've done. It's, it's very much been that, that I see what I want to be able to do and my skills just aren't quite there yet. And that can be discouraging too. I mean, um, have either of you, uh, worked with students that have seen that gap and have gotten really discouraged? Because I'd imagine anybody that's watching this, if they want to try to encourage kids to take some of these creative leaps, to take some of these risks, some of it is minding that gap, is helping those kids, you know, to be able to bridge that gap until they're eventually able to, you know, either <laughs> get to the point where they can match up to their tastes or become happy with what they're creating, you know, not, not being discouraged. How do you, how do you help kids through that? That's, that's my big question. This is something I do all the time. Right. And um, I think it's a, a, a social emotional learning skill as well. And it's um, reminding students of where they've been and where they are. It's like, Hey man, you, you never played the clarinet before, but you know how to put it together. You can blow in it and make a note, you know, four notes, you're going to learn five notes. And it's just like reminding them um, where they've been and that there's a journey, right? This every, you know, a journey begins with a single step, right? And as long as you keep working at it, like Tim said earlier, you're going to get to your vision and your goal for what that is. And then helping them, um, backwards map it, right? It's like, okay, I want to learn Mario Brothers theme song on the saxophone. Well, you know, I don't know all the notes yet, but let's, uh, what, what do we need to do to get there and come up with a plan, right? So just helping them with that. And then, you know, by the end of the year, they know the song and it's driving you crazy because they play it every day. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> but love we it. love the song, so it's all good, right? Yes. <laughs> Yep. No, I totally agree. Tim, what about, what about you as far as helping students work through those risks, trying to shore up that gap and the discouragement that comes with it sometimes? Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, Jeannie makes a great point. I think the important thing to do is to celebrate progress. You have to change, yeah. um, you know, it's not about reaching the goal. Oftentimes reaching the goal is, is not going to be as uh, meaningful as you might think it might be. Um, so you really need to celebrate progress and growth. You know, and like when you're growing every day, that's a success. 
Um, I think that's the really important aspect. And, you know, the, the biggest challenge that I've had is with students that are perfectionists, because it's like, you know, when you aim for perfection, it's like you're going to fail. We're human. And so it's like it's important to remind students of the fact that, you know, failure is part of the process, like accept it. It's OK. Um, you know, and, you know, you know, there's a lot of talk in education about grit. And, uh, you know, that's something that's really important, but it, it's not something that you're just born with. I mean, some people are lucky enough to have that. Um, but, you know, you know, I was a perfectionist and I had to teach myself to give up on that because like, well, that's not going to work. You know, what can we get done? Um, and that's when you start actually being productive, you know, when you could celebrate your own growth and progress. Um, and I think, you know, uh, speaking of social emotional learning, I think mindfulness is an important part of that too. It's just, you know, making sure you're taking care of yourself. So like you can't judge yourself uh, during that process. And that's often the problem. You know, you have to be very accepting and, um, and, and you know, really um, think of uh, the full process and what you're getting out of it. Because, you know, it's like the hero's journey. It's like it's the journey that's really uh, the powerful aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. That's that's fantastic. Very well said. Um, now, one of the questions that I've had everybody answering in pretty much all of the sessions in this summit, and this is kind of a big one, um, but I'm still going to go ahead and give it to you because I'm curious to see what your answer is. Uh, some people have little short, pithy answers for it. Some of them kind of go on and, and have something bigger. But here's the big question I want to ask you. What can we do to help students use their voices to change the world. Since the focus of this summit is their voice, their world. And since, you know, there, there is very much student voice within STEAM, we were just talking about it earlier. Um, what can we do through the STEAM lens, through the STEAM focus, or just in general, wherever your heart is right now, what can we do to help students use their voices to change the world? And we're gonna go to Janine first. I think we need to, uh, again, be teachers as facilitators and letting them lead the learning and giving them choice on what is it they want to say, right? Let them have the selection of what materials they're going to use or what, um, and teach them how to create in their uh, field, right? So if we want it, whether that's visual arts or music or STEAM, giving them the ownership of which way this is going to go, right? I don't think we do that often because we're in a rush to meet um, the standards or the mm -hmm. checkpoints within our year throughout the curriculum. But uh, if we can pause and give students a chance to see themselves in their own learning is going to be huge. Yeah. Very well said. Nicely done. Okay, Tim, how about you? Same question. What can we do to help students use their voices to change the world? Well, you know, I think that um, it's not just a matter of amplifying their voices, which is something that we could certainly do as teachers. I like to see my role rather than as a formal teacher as really more of a creativity coach and being able to help students. And, uh, you know, as, as an artist, I'm a curator. So, like, I know where to find some of the answers so I can help students, you know, access things faster uh, and, and solve problems easier. Um, and I think that, um, you know, our, our global... Um, world, you know, like, you know, is connected now. Um, and there's so much power in being able to collaborate. And, you know, students have made such a big impact politically, socially, um, you know, and we have some real problems in terms of environment and things like that, 
um, that really need to be solved. Um, and if you look at some of the solutions that are starting to happen now, you know, they're, they're really all steam based. Um, it's people collaborating together. Um, and you know, uh, that's really important. So I think that, you know, uh, students might not know their strengths. So it's, it's our job as educators to help them find it, you know, to, like my, my real goal when I begin every school year is to connect with every student and help them find, you know, what they're amazing at. I mean, that's, that's what's really important. And, you know, um, it, it's not my role to, to, you know, just simply give them voice, but I, I want to really allow them to choose and to help work with me to direct the learning and, you know, um, uh, try to solve real problems together. I think that's the important thing, uh, you know, and, and uh, a lot of that process could be fun and creative and uh, terrific learning. And, and that's why it's, it's so impactful in education. Oh, these were fantastic, fantastic answers. This has been, this has been so good. I really, really appreciate the perspective that both of you are bringing to us. And I think, um, you know, this is definitely giving us a path forward in, um, you know, how we can see steam rolling out in lots of different areas in the, in the schools. So, um, so appreciate the both of you, uh, before we wrap up real fast, uh, if anybody's watching this and they're going, you know what, I need some more Tim or some more Janine in my life. Like just wanted to know, are there any places where they can connect with you? Do you have, you know, like websites or resources or anything that you might, uh, suggest to them? Let me kick that down to Tim first. Sure. I mean, um, I'm uh, really active on social media, so you can find me at Tim Needles on anything. Um, <laughs> so you name the, the social media platform, I'm on there. Uh, I also have a website, TimNeedles.com. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned uh, before, like, you know, I love collaborating. So, um, you know, I would love to work with people from, uh, you know, uh, different places and different perspectives. Um, so feel free to reach out. Awesome. Very good. How about you, Janine? Yeah, same. I'm all a lot on social media, and that's where I first met you both as well. And uh, my handle is at Vapa Janine. That's V-A-P-A -A for Visual and Performing Arts. Janine, my name. And uh, yeah, on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, and then um, createca.org and uh, laco.edu. Those are the institutions that, uh, that I'm with. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, thank you again so much to the both of you. This has been fantastic. We've got some really, really good ideas going forward. So um, really, really appreciate all that you've had to share. So thanks again so much for joining us. Thank you for being a wonderful host, Matt and Tim. It was great to see you. <laughs> yeah, it was great talking to you guys. This was a terrific conversation. Great way to, uh, to start the school year. There you go. Absolutely. Right. I want to... And I want to thank you so much for watching and for being a part of the Soundtrap Education Summit. We'll see you on another episode. Take care. Thanks.